When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. The Boys in the Band podcast is brought to you in partnership with Giddy Stratospheres, the fantastic independent film by Laura Jean Marsh, set in the heart of the noughties indie scene. It's a story of furiously loyal friendship and a love song to an incredibly special time for music and mayhem, all set to the soundtrack of the best noughties indie tunes. A must-watch for any Naughties indie fan. You can buy or rent the film on a host of platforms, including Amazon Prime, Sky Store and iTunes. But as part of our partnership with Giddy Stratospheres, we're delighted to be able to offer listeners to the Boys in the Band podcast an exclusive 20% discount to rent the film via Vimeo On Demand. Just follow the link in the podcast notes or post it on our social media and enter the promo code BOYSINTHEBAND at checkout. And you'll be able to stream the film for as little as £3.59. A terrific deal that's an absolute must for listeners to this podcast. This fantastic offer is available in the UK and Ireland only at the moment and runs until 10th of September. So go check it out. Giddy Stratospheres, a film about loss and love in the storm of guitars and broken glass that was the noughties UK indie music scene. Hello and welcome to the Boys in the Band podcast where we've got another My Naughties number one for you. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, all good here, Pete. Thanks thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, yeah, as Pete says, we've got another, another episode of My Naughties number one, this time with Matt Moss from Cold War Kids. Uh, he joined us for the main podcast. Hope you check that one out uh, that was released at the weekend. Uh, do get on that if you haven't done so already. But yeah, he gave us his choice of his favourite album of the Naughties. Uh, so let's hear what he picked. The Good, the Bad, and the Queen. The first, there's two different ones. The, the one that came out in 2006 or five. I can't. I forget what year. Yeah, two. The, the Good, the Bad, and the Queen. I think is. I think it's a perfect record. I mean, it's the most all-star lineup you can do. It's you know Damon Albarn, Tony Allen, Paul Simonon, and Simon Tong. That record came out right when our. It, I mean, it came out when we were doing our first tours, Cold War Kids, and. We're like, what? The the drummer from Fela Cootie, the guy from Blur, the bass player from The Clash, they're all doing a record together and it's Danger Mouse produced it. It's like, that seems insane. And we got the record and we're like, this is this is as good as music. I, I even pulled, um, I, have, I, I bought these, I remember, in the UK on our first tour. Uh, these, yeah. these are two of the first. I have, the, I have them on CD as well. I love this record so much. Um, mm. I think it's like a... I think it's a perfect record. It, it does all the things like the specials does for me, but then it does like, I love it, but then it has like this, it's kind of like, the, it's kind of clashy at times. And I think Damon Albarn has the best voice on the planet. I, I can listen to him sing I, everything he's ever put out. I, I love. Um, and I remember our band really bonded on the good, the bad and the queen. I remember, I remember, seeing them play a lot of time we I, in England. I, I forget what festival it was. I sat right behind Tony Allen at, a, at one of the festivals on um, stage, watched them play. It just, it might've been tea in the park. I forget, I forget what festival it was. So many different ones. So I'm in Germany. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like on our first touring year, somehow we get to see good, the bed and the queen, like four or five times. Um, it, just at festivals or at South by Southwest. And I, rem- I remember uh, we were at the Levi's tent getting free Levi's and like 15 feet in front of us was good to bad McQueen sound checking. And I didn't know if 
I should be more excited about the free jeans or watching Good to Bad McQueen soundcheck. <laughs> and I, had, I, I love those memories. But I, musically, the record is just, it's incredible. It's, um, it never gets old. It, it's, it's one of those records that sounds like it was kind of made in the early 80s, late 70s, kind of, but then it has this, I don't know, it's just like a, it, I, I don't I don't know what kind of music it is. That's that's why I like it so much. Because yeah. when, when I listen to it, it, there's punk things about it, but then there's there's a lot of like the 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 bass lines are so so reggae vibes, and I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. a it's a hard record to talk about. It's but that's it's it's the one that I um, yeah I get really I get really mad that I, I don't have a copy of it on on wax and uh, should have bought it when it came out because it's like on eBay every once in a while one pops up for $400 or more with that mm -hmm. record. I don't know why it's so expensive. So when the, when the new record came out, I bought one right away. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so we talked about the progression of, of your band through uh, your, your years making music, but Damon Albarn, you know, going from blur, you know, think about sort of the Britpop music they were producing initially to, mm -hmm. as you say, this more sort of, diverse or layered music um lots of influences clearly affecting him as he's grown up in the music industry and uh, mm -hmm. quite an interesting sort of transformation for him yeah 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 every time every time damon albarn puts something out i get i get really excited i have i, I just got the uh the gorillas demos on 10 inch wax it's like i think it's called demo crazy i love the artwork on that it's so it's so great Dr. Yeah, D, say, I like that reference yeah. too. Yeah, yeah just, just so varied, isn't it? If you compare, you know, even early Blur to late Blur to early Gorillas to late Gorillas, and even he's put out some some solo yeah. stuff just recently, and you compare that to Good, Bad and the Queen as well. Yeah, re really varied in, in every, every yeah. project that he uh, he approaches. I remember me, I mean, right when I met Nate, still in school, this, this is when we were still students. I remember I had met him in the cafeteria line at the cafeteria, and we started talking about music. And I remember one of the first things we ever said to each other was, um, I would love, like, I remember saying, we should we should start a band that has like Blur 13 vibes. We, that was the first record we ever bonded on was Blur 13. And that song, Tender, he, he, he has a tattoo of Tender on his arm. That's, Tender is one of the best songs I can think of. Like that, that song is like, is gorgeous. I love that song. And that was one, that was one of the first records. I think it was the first record we ever talked about was Blur Thirteen. Yeah, I love that. I love that stuff. Yeah, Tender's incredible. All, all the all the yeah. I, I was going to say you obviously picked out Glastonbury as your sort of favorite show on the main podcast, and that that you guys did, and you dropped in throughout that podcast quite a few references to British music or um, British venues. Mm -hmm. It's obviously something that's. Um, you know something you've got a keen interest in music from this side of the water yeah when i was when i was like 12 13 years old my brother and i we got really into madness the specials all the two-tone stuff and then i love like and then i got into like all the trojan record stuff i, I love i love reggae i love rocksteady i love ska music when i was 12 13 yeah when i discovered the clash and those kinds of bands i thought it was it spoke to me so much more than the Orange County music. I, I grew up in kind of like LA, Orange County, and the the kind of punk music that was coming out here was I didn't like it. <laughs> I like I, I liked I liked Rancid from you know San Francisco because Rancid played 
punk music like the clash did or um but i i, I hated like the uh the pop punk stuff uh i i still have have a hard time with it but i always i always thought that um i always liked music that wasn't from from my side of the globe <laughs> um when i was a kid but yeah uh I, I don't know why that is i remember the, the first time i ever heard the clash i was like this is this is and i remember i, I heard i heard the clash and big audio dynamite at the same time on k on the radio station i think it was 12 or 13 I heard that song Rush by Big Audio Dynamite. And I thought, I was like, this sounds like the guy from The Clash. And then my brother and I did, you know, this was before the internet. We did all the research for like, we got the CD or the tapes. And we said, yeah, Nick Jones, he's in The Clash too. And we're like, oh, oh that's why it sounds like the guy from The Clash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you, you started off um, this sort of tribute to, to this album, this band by saying you know, how cool it was that all these artists from different bands had come together. Um you know, you don't see loads of super groups, as they're called, uh, forming and yeah. putting out albums like this. Is this something we'd like to see more of in the music industry and in music world? Yeah, I, if it's done right. Yeah, like uh, my girlfriend, all like loves the traveling Wilburys. You know, it's Dylan and Tom Petty and mm. and uh, Harrison. Who else? I forget. And, and I, I always, she always puts it on. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, this is too much of a super group. Like, and I, <laughs> I, I do like it, but I'm like, it's too, it's too much. I think good, the good, bad, and the queen, and I, and like the rocket juice and the moon record is the same way, where it's like flea on bass and and there's all these different features, you know, Erica Badu and all these different people on it. I like super groups if they're if if you can like fool people, like if if it's announced as a super group, something smells fishy. Mm, yeah. But if, but if but if you do it the way that I good, the bad, and the queen is, I think it really works because it's like a it's 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 sneaky, you know. Yeah, like, you, like, you, uh, like I, I, I feel like Grinder Man's kind of that way. Grinder Man is just like an extension of the Bad Seeds, but they do it in a way where it really is something that's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only one, the only other one that springs to mind recently was uh, them Crooked Vultures, wasn't wasn't it? That was a little mini seed oh, group. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they don't that don't happen often. Who's in that? Who's in often. that? Uh, is that Josh Hom is in that? Um, okay, yeah. and, and Dave Grohl, I think. And I'm sure there's somebody else in there with them. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's. Um, we we um not 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 to plug ourselves but uh in 2014 a record that I'm very proud of that Nathan and I did with our other friend Nathan two Nates and then a bunch of other people uh we 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 did this side project called French Style Furs and um it's on Spotify you can listen to it we we French Kiss Records pressed it on on wax uh I'm very proud of this record we we did it in the time we did it all in New York City uh. It was, we did it between Dermis Lonely Hearts and Hold My Home. It's this 10 song record that, uh, that no one knows about that I love. <laughs> and I, I wish that there, there's two or three songs that I wish that Kohler kids would start playing. And who knows, maybe one day we will. <laughs> Go and check but, it out. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 um, it, it, it's, I love that record, French Dolphers. I think we played 10 shows and then never, never played again. Yeah. It was a uh, discover, it, I think. John Paul Jones was the other member of them. I can hardly oh, okay. really, uh, I, I, can't, I can't leave that one line there without yeah. <laughs> the guy from Led Zeppelin. Come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Right. Lovely. Right on. Th- thanks very much for your time again, Matt. It's been been really good to hear, as we said, the, the Cold War Kids story, but also to get your pick of uh, your favorite album from that decade. It's been brilliant. Thanks very much. Yeah, this has been, this has been great. I love, I love this stuff.
So we have it, the good, the bad, and the queen, or Damon Albarn's supergroup, as we can otherwise call them. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> self-titled album. It was actually 2007. Yeah, Matt, a couple of years out. But um, yeah, interesting to hear him uh, pick that one. Described it as a perfect record, which is yeah. uh, high praise indeed. Um, but I, I completely get on board with his... Um, He's sort of, when he's trying to nail down what the genre of it is, it's, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because, yeah, he mentioned bands like the uh, Specials and Clash and Punk and Reggae. And I, I think we know Damon Albarn has, has evolved so much, hasn't he, from those early sort of blur days, from the park life days or girls and boys into, um, you know, a, a musician who's influenced by uh, music from all around the world, from, you know, Africa, Asia, as well as the more sort of traditional Americas and Europe's and that all sort of meshed together, didn't it on this album? Yeah, um, and, and also his, his projects more recently, I think where he, he's definitely sort of uh, tried to experiment with different sounds and uh, different genres. Yeah, absolutely. I think as, as I mentioned on there, like even his, the, the recent Gorillaz stuff is just so different to his early Gorillaz stuff. And yeah, he, he is one of these uh, uh, true artists, I guess, who, who really does try his hands at all sorts of different types of music. Yeah. Re- really interesting. And yeah, um, and yeah, one of the the most famous supergroups going. It was good good to sort of have a <laughs> have a little think on that uh, afterwards because yeah, we mentioned them Cricket Vultures. I uh, nearly forgot John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> that was a, one of the big supergroups of recent times. Um, obviously, I think Matt mentioned Travel and Wilburys being the biggest probably in history. Uh, Cream, I suppose, was considered to be a, a supergroup as well. Um, but one that sort of occurred to me sort of after the chat was someone he mentioned at the start was. Um, with Jack White from the White Stripes, he's he's always tried his hands at different projects, and he's been in the Raconteurs uh, with Brendan Benson, and he's done uh, the Dead Weather with members of the Kills and Queens of the Stone Age. So, so yeah, interesting that we kind of almost came full circle if we could have uh, realised it at the time. <laughs> started off talking about uh, perhaps going on tour with the White Stripes in the early Cold War Kids days, and then yeah, Jack White is definitely uh, probably. An American Dame Norban almost. Oh, wow, yeah, interesting crossover. Yeah, weren't quite on our toes with our supergroup knowledge uh, as, as Matt was chatting away there. I think the other thing we have to do at some point, Rich, is uh, write down our own sort of dream noughties supergroup. If you could go through yeah. all those bands and just mix them up, what would you end up coming up with? That would be quite yeah. interesting. Um, just also, I thought it was quite fitting that um, Matt picked this one, uh, considering he's in a band Cold War Kids who are about to release their ninth album. You know, it's, it's clearly yeah. someone who respects a, a musician who's who evolves over time and, and changes his sound. I thought that was quite interesting. And, uh, you know, another vibe that we picked up all through the, the longer podcast we did with him about Cold War Kids is um, his love of British music. I think, you know, obviously from our perspective, you always hear about bands wanting to break America and crack America and make it big over there and, and um, sort of earn the respect of American audiences. And, you know, we hear so many stories, don't we, about sort of the enormity of the country and how difficult it is to pull that off and, um, you know, from different coast to coast and in the middle. And it's just so, so hard, isn't it, to, to uh, capture an audience in that country of however many hundreds of millions the population is now over there. But I always find it really fascinating when you hear American music, musicians talking about their respect for British music and British music venues and um, our, our sort of historic music. And uh, yeah, I thought that was fascinating because obviously Matt, I think, said he loves everything Damon Albarn does. And it's, it's just interesting to hear someone, as I say, sat out in LA, so focused in on the music that is being created um, over here. Yeah, yeah, big time. Obviously, British music 
historically has traveled around the world you know incredibly well you know you go back to the, the Beatles I suppose the, the sort of the big ones who sort of kicked it all off but ever since I think it's it's held in such high regard all around the world and particularly uh, in America there's it's definitely definitely that sense of um you know we we often think about British bands, like you say, wanting to crack America, but it's certainly true in reverse. I think American bands really see it as a, a major step if they can make it in the UK. And I think there's been countless American bands who've actually sort of made it big in the UK before they've actually been that big in, in the US. I think I remember sort of in that noughties era, bands like the Killers and Kings of Leon, you know, seem to really kick it off over here uh, before they did uh, back home. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're back this Saturday with a British band, so uh, yes. leads into that. So uh, we can um, yeah bring you a story of another British band who were big in the noughties. And uh, yeah, this was another good, fun one. We had a few different band members on the call, so it's always good fun when we can get get groups together and uh, recounting different perspectives on the, the different tales and uh, different points of view on how it actually went down. Um, so this is a good, fun one. So make sure you subscribe to that one and that'll be dropping overnight into Saturday so um, look forward to hearing your thoughts on that one yep so until next time catch you later